Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. 95 million Americans have high cholesterol, which raises the risk of heart disease, the leading cause of death for both men and women. High cholesterol is often referred to as a silent killer because sometimes the first symptom is a heart attack that hits you out of nowhere. The good news is your cholesterol level is the most modifiable risk factor for heart attack. Renowned actor, TV personality, and comedian Howie Mandel is here to help raise awareness on high cholesterol. Howie is speaking publicly about his high cholesterol and urging people to talk to their doctor about treatment options. Stay tuned for this life-changing and potentially life-saving information. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest uh, started his career as a stand-up comedian and went on to star in the critically acclaimed drama series Saint Elsewhere. His list of credits include creator of the hit children's cartoon series Bobby's World, voice of Gizmo in the movie Gremlins, and Emmy-nominated host of the popular show Deal or No Deal. In 2010, he became a judge on NBC's hit show America's Got Talent, which begins its 14th season this month. Even with his busy TV schedule, he still performs comedy and recently released a brand new comedy special filmed in Atlantic City at the Howie Mendel Comedy Club. Welcome to the show, Howie Mendel. Thanks for having me, Doctor. Oh, so great to have you with us. You know, they say laughter is the best medicine. We've all heard that, yet we've lost so many famous comedians to heart disease. So I guess LOL isn't working. Share with us why you're raising awareness on this serious topic. Well, first and foremost, I have high cholesterol, which uh, I have been informed about. You know, I, I was uh, diagnosed with high cholesterol in my late 30s, and it it didn't mean anything to me. And it was just these words coming out of my doctor's uh, mouth because right. I, I felt healthy and I'm very active and I wasn't overweight. And he said, take a statin. And I said, okay. And he gave me a statin. And, uh, you know, I had some muscle pain from the statin. So I decided on my own to get off the statin and I didn't inform my doctor. When I went back about a year later to get another physical, my uh, cholesterol was through the roof and he sat me down and he goes, well, number one, how is this even possible with the statin you're on? And I told him I went off of it and he was angry at me and explained to me what cholesterol was. And he actually scared the the DBs out of me. I, you know, uh, it's this silent killer. And this week, uh, you know, it's kind of prevalent because of John Singleton and, you know, Luke Perry. And you realize that young, vibrant people, this is uh, a ticking time bomb that you don't feel. And the key, the reason I partnered up and wanted to be part of this campaign is because the biggest mistake we make is we don't talk to our healthcare. Uh, providers about what, you know, like even if you go for a checkup, you should ask to have your cholesterol checked. You should be informed. And if you take a statin and I did something that a lot of people, I've been informed that a lot of people do, I didn't like the side effects. So I stopped taking it. I felt better. And I thought I knew better than my doctor. What I didn't know was my cholesterol was ticking up. My time bomb was ticking and that there were so many other choices in, in, uh, that. I thought right. one satin didn't work, and that's what you take is one satin. And there are many choices, something that maybe suits your, you know, your chemical makeup better than the one that I first got prescribed. And that's true. And as I talk to you right now, I'm on a satin, 
and I have no side effects, and my cholesterol is at a good level. So I uh, partnered with COA, and I have this uh, this website now, TakeCholesterolToHeart.com, where I hope that your listeners click on and see some amazing pictures of me and get informed about cholesterol. Yeah, and take cholesterol to heart. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. I mean, you were in your 30s, you were in great shape, you felt healthy, you weren't overweight, and boom, there you go. You get diagnosed with high cholesterol. I mean, you know, we, we, we don't realize that it hides and you were healthy. How did that, did that news shock you? You look in the mirror and go, how do I have high cholesterol? Well, the first time, no, it didn't shock me because I didn't, it didn't even mean anything to me. It's not anything that was in my, you know, for, I, I had no idea what it even meant. You know, I felt it was the same thing as, you know, you go, I have a lot of friends. I live in California and people are kind of, uh, overtly uh, involved in their health to the point where it gets, you know, they go, you know, my, uh, my B, my D levels at uh, 17%. Like people will tell me things about their, their levels of, of vitamins and, and uh, deficiencies and they don't mean anything. Just people seem to be very involved in their own, right. you know, uh, uh, makeup. And so it was just another cholesterol high. Okay. My cholesterol is high. It doesn't mean anything unless it hurts. Unless you could see it, unless there's, uh, you know, unless it's holding you back from something. So it was just a piece of information I thought was being shared with me, but not anything that I had anything to do with. And he told me to take a statin, and, which I did just because he said, take it. And then my muscles started to hurt. Somebody, a friend, not another doctor, said, probably, are you on a statin? It's probably a Stop taking it. I went, yeah. And I thought my friend was a hero because my muscles didn't hurt anymore. And I felt good again. And I was running seven miles a day continuously as I was diagnosed. So I thought I was smarter than the doctor and that, you know, just about myself. And then right. when I got informed and the numbers had gone up, you know, uh, a lot, and, and I was informed that how dangerous this is and how prevalent it is in our society, that's what yeah. scared me. What about when diet? I know the diet, have, diet plays so, a role when it comes to combating cholesterol and your crazy work schedule. Is it tough to fit in a healthy diet and exercise? You know, I think it's tough for everybody to fit in a healthy diet and exercise. I mean, the things uh, that are advertised, the things that are pushed our way, and the things that are available aren't always the healthiest. That being said, you know, I do exercise. I'm pretty active anyway, and I try to eat healthy. And uh, But that is, I think the key was just information. You know, information is a great weapon. And knowledge, and and uh, I think people don't talk to their doctors enough. I think yeah. even people will listen to your radio show and feel like that's talking to a doctor, right? You know, instead of dealing with their own issues. I think that we have to be cognizant of this is a not always a well-oiled machine we're running around. Yeah, in. and you and know, we and tune-ups, and, and we. And you bring, up, you bring up side effects, and statistics show 50% that start a stat and get off of it, and many because of concerns about side effects. But as you discovered, there are many options out there, depending on the person. Some work better than others, and you discovered that a lot of people just give up. But it's not even about giving up. It's about giving up, uh, you know, on your own, you know. So if they yeah. give up and they decide they didn't want to do it, it's not telling the doctor. Correct. So if you yeah. are having a side effect, then talk to your doctor before you make a decision. Yeah, and there are, and and I'm here to tell you that there are other options, as you just said. So that it's not like this isn't working and this doesn't work. They'll find yeah. something that works. 
Yeah, high cholesterol, as I said on the show many times, can be serious, and I commend you for sharing your story, and I urge everybody listening to visit their doctor, get their cholesterol checked, and visit TakeCholesterolToHeart.com. And on a less serious note, I have to say you are hands down, no pun intended, my favorite stand-up comedian, and I was so happy to see you release a new comedy special. I have to ask you, is it true what I what I discovered, that your first amateur night comedy routine, you were signed and appeared on the TV show Make Me Laugh? Did it happen that fast for you it happened pretty fast you know i'm from toronto canada so that uh, i got up on an amateur night in canada on a dare and then when i was down in in california on a vacation not i wasn't pursuing comedy or show business i went to the comedy store and did what i had done in toronto and there was a a producer in the audience from the comedy game show make me laugh and that was in 1978 i think and he hired me on the spot to do the show. Well, he told me to come to his office next day. I went to his office. First time I was ever on a TV lot. And I did it. And it aired aired in America. It didn't air in Canada where I came from. I I had gone back and I had a regular job. And then I started getting phone calls from the Mike Douglas show and the Merv Griffin show and two shows that don't exist anymore to come down and, and do my act. I didn't really have an act, but do whatever it is I do. Yeah. And I used to pull surgical gloves on my head and carry a handbag and kind of just scream at the audience a lot. I remember. And then, um, Diana Ross <laughs> saw me on Merv Griffin and hired me as their opening act. Wow, that's where it all began. You know, I was curious, with everyone yeah. nowadays being so sensitive and getting offended by everything, is stand-up comedian tougher now than it used to be? I mean, we don't see these celebrity roasts on TV anymore because everybody's so afraid to say something offensive and maybe lose their career. Absolutely. I think about it every day. You know, when I started out, I went down to the comedy store in 1978. You know, I watched Richard Pryor each and every night get up and, uh, you know, push that envelope. And that was beautiful. And that inspired me. And that's who was my, uh, you know, uh, that's who I look up to in as far as how to do this business of stand-up comedy. And nowadays, you have to be cognizant, even doing this show right now. You know, that you may say something that is maybe taken out of context and recorded by somebody. And with the advent of social media, it just snowballs and becomes bigger than you ever intended it on being. And then you lose, uh, you know, significant uh, exposure and jobs for no. And, and, you know, the safety net used to be comedy in itself. I was just joking. I'm a comedian. Maybe he went too far, but it's comedy. But that doesn't play anymore. You just can't. So you have to watch yourself. I, I talk about it in my special, which is down. Oh, you do? Now oh, yeah. On many yeah, I can't wait, can't wait to see. You know, my opinion is this comedian should be off limits. They shouldn't be criticized or ostracized when they make fun of people because it's done it for the sake of humor. It's called comedy. And as you mentioned, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Andrew Dice Clay, we survived them just fine. <laughs> and I'm curious, when you were preparing your new it's comedy a world special, now. Uh-huh. we were didn't you? have the world, we didn't have the world, what didn't have the power to sit alone in their room in their underpants and tweet. <laughs> and that's become kind of a, a negative. Yeah, I'm curious. Did you write jokes for your special and have to change your mind? I said, mm, I can't say that. Were you worried about offending people? I am worried about offending people. I didn't. Uh, but when I'm on stage, there's a, such an adrenaline rush. that, And that's always been my, you know, people say, I remember when you were a comedian. I never stopped being a comedian. I did no less than 100 live dates a year always. But last year, when they opened up my own comedy, they opened a comedy club with my name on it in Atlantic City. I said I'd go out, then I said I'd tape, and I realized I hadn't taped 
me doing stand-up comedy for the last 20 years. And it's funny because there's a whole new audience now that just knows me as a judge on AGT or a right. voice on animals doing things or the host of Deal or No Deal, and they don't know I'm a stand-up. That being said, those are all family shows, and you shouldn't let the kids watch my stand-up. But uh, I don't edit myself, and it's my one place of freedom. And I kind of think about it after, not during and not before. Just after. Right. I hope I didn't say anything that'll offend. That's where I, you know, my primal scream at the end of the day. Right. And you know that I don't have any marks to hit, no lines to recite, no commercials to throw to, no information to remember. I just go out there and am just pure meat. Yeah, and that's tough on you because I know you have this amazing gift for improvising. So you, you're off the cuff, so that's got to be even tougher. I remember once seeing you live and you took an annoying heckler's antics that would have shaken most comedians. And for 15 minutes, you made it part of the act and it was hysterical. Has spontaneity always come naturally to you? Answer quickly. Don't think about it. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Spontaneity has come quickly, but it wasn't thought of it. You know, everything I've said this many times, but everything I was ever punished for, expelled for, gotten in trouble for is what I get paid for today. So that spontaneity <laughs> was, you know, considered a, a kind of a, a problem as a child and it's turned into a career as an adult. You know, something would just pop out of me without me thinking of the ramifications in the middle of class. And they'd always say, I heard so many times throughout my young life there's a time and a place for that Howard it's not the time or the place and then I grew up and I found the time and uh, I found the places well that's great we're great you did let's talk about America's Got Talent it starts its 14th season this month and I have to say out of all the judges you seem to have the most fun being on the show Howie do they edit out the yawning or are you really that happy to be a judge no I there's no yawning I'm so thrilled to be there I love even first of all, uh, you know, this is my 10th season on the show. Right. I watched every episode before I was on. And when I'm not on that show, I watch everything. I'll drop into, you know, a club after I do a concert in the local town just to watch a show. And it doesn't have to be stand up comedy, it could be a lounge. I love lounge acts. I like watching TV. Uh, I'll watch a channel where it's not English. I don't even know what I'm watching, but I'm watching somebody perform. I love watching somebody get out there and act, get out there and do things I've never seen before. I'm fascinated. I could sit there double the amount of time I sit there. I'm never tired of it. Never wanting. I, I just like watching performances. I like watching it as much, if not more, than even doing it. Yeah, you you can tell is is when when the act's on, you're smiling, you're looking at the other judges, you're looking at the audience, getting their reaction. It's like you want to see if they're sharing that same moment you are, and no one else is doing that. They're just staring. You really want to absorb everything from the audience, the judges, everything, and you you that that shows when you're. On I the love show. it. Yeah, it's great, and I and know this you. Season is is bigger and better than ever. Yeah, we got some new judges this time, right? This season. Yeah, we have uh, Julianne Huff uh, and Gabrielle Union. Our two new judges and our new host is Terry Cruz. Oh, great. Going to be going to be exciting. Now, I know you and I are both practical jokers. To me, April Fool's is just another day of the year. What's the most memorable practical joke you've played on somebody on the set of America's Got Talent? You recall one? On America's Got Talent? Or on your, even your deal um, with the show? You know, I, I don't, you know, play I mean, you see, I do hidden camera pieces, and they, they play them every year. I just uh -huh. had... Uh, Preacher Lawson, I just who was a, a comedian that went really far last year, and he was on the road with me, opening up uh, for me. And um, I, this is not going to sound funny here, 
put on, I, I recorded it. Uh, he, uh, I, I was flying privately and he was on the road. He had never been on a private jet. And, uh, we faked like we couldn't get a real pilot, a, a, a real co-pilot. <laughs> and he thought that I hired somebody for a hundred bucks from a fast food restaurant <laughs> to fly the plane. And he, I have him on tape. He is just beside himself <laughs> on Instagram saying goodbye to his family and his fans thinking that was it. It's That's funnier funny. to watch and it's a, you have to be there moment, but yeah, it's, I, I always seem to have some fun. Oh, that's funny. It'd be funny. He walks in with his Burger King outfit. Sorry, I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. That's good. Is it true your practical joking actually got you expelled from three high school? Did I read that right? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're funny stories now. Apparently then they didn't think they were funny, but one was for hiring a uh, contractor to put an addition onto the library. Apparently, I didn't have the authority to do so. And I had called a contracting company. One was, and this before it was in the movie, but uh, because I grew up in Canada, it was cold and they had swimming at the end of the day. So I had to walk home after, you know, you can only get so dry and I didn't have hair dryer. And uh, I'd walk home in 20 below, you know, in Canada. So I didn't want to go swimming. So in order to uh, kind of uh, get out of swimming, I threw a chocolate bar in the pool, which didn't look like a chocolate bar <laughs> at the bottom of the pool. And uh, they closed the pool. And when everybody <laughs> went to see why they had closed the pool, I dived in and came up with it in my mouth, which <laughs> didn't garner me a lot of friends or fans at the time. They're funnier <laughs> stories now than when you lived them. I was thought of as disgusting and immature and not uh, well-behaved. Yeah, it's funny. That's, that's why I gravitate, because I, I can relate to some that I've done as well, so that's phenomenal. Hey, tell us about the game show Deal or No Deal. After almost a decade, it's now returned to network television. Are you enjoying it as much the second time around? Even more the second time around. And there are all new episodes coming up this June on CNBC, brand new episodes. It's, uh, it's still the million dollars, 26 models, a new banker, female banker, and an opportunity for the contestants to negotiate once in the game. So they added that element to it. And it's just, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the times, but people are more emotional and more excited than ever, than I remember them ever being now to possibly change their life for the better. Wow. That's awesome. I have an idea for deal or no deal. What about just inviting some psychics to be contestant like John Edwards, Lisa Williams, and John Von Prague? I bet that would increase viewers whether they win or not, man. Everybody's going to see if they will. Just an idea. What do you think? I love that idea. Well, well I, I, I doubt then we'd find out who the Charlotte would start. Exactly. The point? Find yeah. Find out who's really got the power and who doesn't. That's so true. So actually, they say that their power is to talk to people on the other side. But just because you die doesn't mean you're going to be any better at playing deal or no deal than if you didn't die. Right. Right. They're talking to spirits on the other side. So that person that passed away, do you think they would have won the million dollars? So the fact that any one of those people could talk to a ghost doesn't make them. They could, they, they could be communicating with a ghost that has really bad luck and bad intuition. Yeah, but, but that ghost, that ghost could there. peek in those envelopes. That book go, can open up those briefcases. That ghost can can help. So I still vote for that, though. That's amazing. interesting. Before I came to the studio today, my office manager asked who I was interviewing, and I did a fist bump, and I said, "Guess who?" And she said, "Howie Mandel." 
How does it feel to be known around the world as the fist bump king? I don't know that I've been referred to as the fist bump king ever before today, but I'm honored. And, uh-huh. and I don't know if I should make an acceptance speech. I don't know if it's uh, a positive to be known as a germaphobe. That being said, I don't think, and you probably know better as a, as a doctor, that the, the shaking hands, hand-to-hand contact is that healthy anyway. You know, so I think even if you're not a germaphobe, I think if more people, if we, if we, if we touched palm to palm less, I think it'd be a healthier world, would it not? Well, I'll share a little health tidbit with you. If someone with a cold sneezes in their hand, you're more likely to get sick from the particles floating in the air because your eyelid contains a tiny hole called the puncta, which absorbs sneeze particles that can float in the air up to 45 minutes. So you're better off closing your eyes if somebody sneezes than being concerned about touching their hand because skin is a natural barrier for germs. So that's a little tidbit. So I can see the headlines now. Ready? Howie Mandel no longer afraid to shake hands, but wears a scuba mask everywhere he goes. <laughs> you know, you did freak me out. You know, you didn't put me at ease. <laughs> I, I, now I have high cholesterol and I'm going to be agoraphobic because I'm not going to go out anymore. I think I'm the listener, the listen, yes, but the listener should buy stock in scuba masks now before the new trend starts because he's going to be known as the scuba mask king. Not the not the fist bump That's king, wonderful. yeah. So really, uh, you know, it is. I think we have a natural barrier. So you're right. It is important to clean your hands. But again, um, you know, germs they really get in the eye and they get in the nose. It's more breathing it. It's more, you know, that's so the, the eye. It's the eyes it's have all it. All in yes. the eyes. Yeah. All those. Yeah. All those in favor say aye. Yeah. It's the eyes. That's I the see most. What you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> and one more time, I want to uh, just tell the listeners: take cholesterol to heart. That is the website. I want everybody to go there and uh, just enjoy me and become informed and uh, save your life or that of a loved one or a friend or whatever just by talking about cholesterol. Fantastic. Uh, curious to know before we, we close out, you're an A-type like me. You've taken a lot of projects. I'm curious, do you ever take time to relax or is it always nose to the grindstone for you? I'm not a relaxer. Relaxing, I, uh, doing nothing, I don't find relaxing. That's when I, you know, it's really hard for me to just stop. So I try to stay as busy as I possibly can and as active as I possibly can. And that keeps me happy. And I find that being in that zone of being busy is, is the most relaxing for me. If uh, I'm not doing anything or have nothing to do, I get very, you know, anxious and uppity and uh it's just not a comfortable place for me so nothing is more comfortable than being really busy Busy, with things to do and places to go and people to talk to interesting i know you're happily married almost 40 years have three kids do any of them travel with you when you're doing these projects that are out of out of your hometown no, uh, the, all my children are adults and I have grandkids now. They used to when they were little, but they have their own lives and, and uh, spouses and businesses. And, no, they don't, they don't travel with me. Very rarely get my wife to travel with me because she's busy too. But uh, no, but I, you know, I spend a lot of time at home also. So yeah. I can travel in and out at the same time. So. Fantastic. I get to spend good family. My wife says that's why the marriage has lasted for 40 years, because I spend so much time not there. And apparently, 
to not have me around is to love me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I read a study about pilots that they, they have the least divorce rate because they travel two weeks, come back two weeks, travel two weeks. So six months out of the year, they're separated. And I guess just by the time they get on each other's nerves, he takes the flight out and then she he's missed. And so I don't know if, if that's part of it. So I think you're right. There's something about that. being My wife somebody. will tell you, she loves uh, me more when I'm not there than when I'm there. <laughs> and the, I don't know she, if that's a good thing. I don't know. I think so. That's good. Fantastic. Now, that's a minute we have. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners about TakeCholesterolToHeart.com or anything else you're uh, working on you want them to know about? Well, in June, I told you uh, Animals Doing Things on Nat Geo Wild and uh, Deal or No Deal is coming back on CNBC. May 28th is America's Got Talent. You can download my stand-up, my first stand-up special in 20 years. You can go to any of my digital uh platforms and click on the link in my bio to download it from iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, whatever you want to do. But most importantly, take cholesterol to heart.com. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being with us today and sharing your personal story. To learn more about proactive steps that you can take to lower your cholesterol and reduce your risk of having a heart attack or stroke, go to TakeCholesterolToHeart.com and check out the short message. He's got a video message by Howie. Check that out. And you can also follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Howie Mendel. On Facebook, he's at Official Howie Mendel. For my daily health posts and tweets, follow me at Dr. David Friedman. And on Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Howie share something today that somebody you know needs to hear, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library. Share these segments of interest with friends, family, and coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. Sharing is caring. Let's get the word out. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.